I love therapy, and in fact, I've been going to therapy since I was around six years old. Though I talk about therapy a lot and may interview some therapists on the show on occasion, nothing that is said in this podcast should be considered a replacement for therapy. If you are struggling, I urge you to please seek guidance from a therapist because you are absolutely worth it. everyone, it's Rachel and this is Wine Dine at 69, a podcast about dating, relationships, sex, and self-love. I am so excited for this week's episode. I have a great conversation lined up. I've uh, actually had it in my back pocket for a couple of months now and uh, was just kind of waiting for the right time to air it and now feels right and especially, you know, with uh, deciding to do a bonus episode every month. Um, and just kind of reflecting lately a lot on my own happiness and where where it stems from. Uh, I don't know. It just kind of feels like this episode is supposed to air now. So I'm really excited to get into that. Uh, Before we do, though, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about what I brought up last week. I, I did a call out to listeners asking, you know, what are your impressions of Tantra? What what are your thoughts, feelings? Um, just because I had heard various things, both negative and positive about it. And admittedly, I don't know much about it. Um, I started with polling my friends and just kind of said, uh, you know, what are your impressions of Tantra? Have you tried it? Do you know anything about it? Do you have any negative associations with it, et cetera, et cetera? And uh, my friends had had some understanding of it, um, you know, and were curious to learn more. Uh, no negative impressions. We, I did bring up that, you know, there could be a cultural appropriation issue and we kind of discussed that and um, all agreed that, you know, if there's somebody who is um, touting themselves as a guru or, uh, you know, master of Tantra, um, that that could potentially be problematic. So I, I can see that point for sure. Um, you know, I, in my episode last week with Alex, she said that she was against Tantra and, you know, I really wish that I had asked her to expand on that a little bit. Um, you know, maybe I'll, I'll shoot her an email and ask her to, uh, come back on at some point to just kind of give me her viewpoint of that. Just curious, uh, and always wanting to learn more. Tantra's come up a lot in various conversations with people, and has a historical base. And so the first thing that I did after talking to my friends was to go to my bookshelf and pick up a book that uh, I actually stole from my parents' bookshelf when I was probably like 16 or something. It's a book called Sex in History. Really, I'm I'm laughing because it, it just feels like if that's the thing that I was interested in reading this huge book um, that was written in 1980 called Sex and History when I was 16 years old. I was just pretty much fated to end up with a sex podcast. <laughs> so uh, here we are. And uh, I cracked open the book and, and went to the section on Tantra, um, which was interesting, but didn't really. It went into the practice of Tantra, which I, I found interesting, of course, um, but really wasn't getting to the meat, if you will, of what I was trying to figure out. What I did find after that, though, and I will link uh, a reference to that book in the episode notes, 
What I did find was a article on Mind Body Green, which is a site that I've always loved. We'll link that as well. Uh, it kind of seems like there are two different types of Tantra right now. And um, Wikipedia says that there was an introduction by occultist and businessman Pierre Bernard, who kind of was credited with introducing Tantra to the West. Uh, and at that time kind of created a misleading impression when it came to Tantra's connection to sex. So found that interesting. That was from Wikipedia. But um, Mind Body Green kind of breaks down the differences between classical Tantra and Neo-Tantra. And classical Tantra is based on a collection of ancient texts within Buddhism, Hinduism, and they don't revolve around sex. These, these practices are more focused on enlightenment, liberation of the body, consciousness, and kind of just wholeness of self, which aligns with what my understanding of it was. There's more um, mantras, ritual, there might be some sexual practice, but it's not as physical as Neo-Tantra. Neo-Tantra is a more modern adaptation of classical Tantra and focuses more on sacred sexuality. So Neo-Tantra, classical Tantra. So I'm just going to quickly go over. Those are kind of the differences. It seems like I said that Pierre Bernard, the yogi, may have been the primary person um, to have kind of branched off to create, you know, Neo-Tantra, or at least was part of that, that separation of classical Tantra being focused on, you know, consciousness and enlightenment and Neo-Tantra being more focused on sacred sexuality. So I found that interesting. Let's just kind of go over though, um, and again, I will link this in the episode notes, the offshoot of Neo-Tantra and how it differs from classical Tantra. I have five differences listed here. Let's just go through them really quickly. Um, kind of what I just covered, classical Tantra doesn't focus on sex, Neo-Tantra does. Some forms of sex may be considered sinful in classical Tantra, whereas Neo-Tantra is considered more exploratory. Classical Tantra, unsurprisingly, has more religious elements, uh, very spiritual and more grounded in psychosomatic experiences and energy work. Classical Tantra is more supernatural rather than sexual. Neo-Tantra doesn't rely on any of the ancient scriptures that classical Tantra does. And finally, um, classical Tantra usually requires direct initiation, unlike Neo-Tantra, which um, it's not mandatory to be initiated to practice. So those are some primary differences listed in this article. I definitely want to link this in the notes. It's a really, really great article. And it does discuss, you know, that there are some similarities between the two uh, and primarily empowering the masculine and feminine um, and kind of breath work and energy work. Those are both essential to both Neo-Tantra and classical Tantra, um, the chakra system, all of those things. So this is a great article, great source, um, and really I learned a lot from it. And I would love to keep this conversation going, learn more about the differences between what Tantra is, what Neo-Tantra is, 
and uh yeah keep the keep the learning going um there's a ton of information out there i think it's also important at this point to mention that when i was researching this i did come across some articles about people um exploiting others through tantra you know there there are some people out there who may take advantage of a sacred sexual practice and uh use it in negative ways like uh in wild wild country i think that a lot uh, tantra neo-tantra kind of came to cultural focus when that documentary about osho came out a few years ago so can get kind of messy if it is something that you're interested in looking into definitely do your research and uh, get a sense of who you would be working with because if you're working with somebody closely and it's intimate and it's body work um, and it's emotional work then you want to trust them and unfortunately not everybody out there is trustworthy so if you have any questions, um, if you have any feedback, any comments, if you read the article, if you read this sex and history book that I brought up uh, and you just kind of want to chat about it or, you know, give me more information. I love learning. Let's keep let's keep it going. So um, wine, dine at all ports open. Uh, shoot me an email. Would love to keep talking about this and uh, I'll update you as I learn more as well. So let's get into the episode. Uh, today, I sit down with Adtha who uh, runs Are You Happy? It's this amazing account where uh, he and his team go around and ask people, are you happy? And they get beautiful answers, yeses, noes, and they ask uh, from there, why or why aren't you happy? And if you had one message for the world, what would it be? It's a beautiful community. Um, I completely suggest that you support them on Patreon because it is how they keep going. So uh, you can find the link to that in the episode notes, and you can find the link to all of the Are You Happy things as well on the Instagram where they post all of the questions that they ask people. We have a really great conversation. Um, I, I loved kind of delving into the philosophy of happiness because you know what? Like this podcast is about sex, relationships, and those are things that make us happy. And self-love um, is such a huge part of happiness as well. So um, I I really wanted to get at the on the episode, and I am so grateful that uh, he made the time to talk to me. Um, just a little note that there, it's not the best audio quality on my end. Um, this was a little bit earlier on when I was recording episodes and uh, still was learning the ropes of Zoom and editing and getting separate tracks. So um, my end's a little bit unclear. Apologies for that. There might be a couple more episodes coming up where the audio isn't 100%, but I did figure it out. So um, at some point, all of the episodes that you hear will be a little bit cleaner uh learning curves you know okay well i have to go get my load of laundry out of the washer the glamorous podcast life and uh then i have to make dinner so everyone have a beautiful weekend rest of your week whatever is going on in your life and ask yourself the question are you happy why or why not and just take little moments to be present and, and grateful for, for the small things. And without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Atta from Are You Happy? 
Hey there, I'm Megan Martin, and I put the manic in Manic Pixie Dream Girl. And I'm Janelle Megan, and I'm a self-proclaimed Bond girl, and I make every conversation way too deep. We are both professional actors, producers, and models. Cause and Creation is a podcast where we talk about all things creative, including interviewing other awesome artists that are breaking new ground. We'll be taking a deep dive into who they are, the work they do, and more importantly, what moves them as artists. You'll get an inside look into the minds of award-winning filmmakers who are promoting new content, writers who are on the first draft of their novel, video game designers who are creating a whole new world from scratch, and so much more. If you want to get to know a creative, or just want to get to know us, come hang out with us at Cause and Creation every other Thursday. Cue the applause. So let's go ahead and get started. How are you today? I'm very well. I'm very well. And um, you're probably recording, but I also just really want to say thank you so much for supporting um, our Patreon. We cannot exist without our Patreon supporters. So it really means a lot to me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love everything that you do. It's uh, difficult, I think, for especially now in COVID times, to be happy. Uh, and I think especially with social media, it can be such a, a negative place. So for there to be a social media account that is so focused on bringing happiness to others, but also teaching people how to be happy, I think it's, it's really incredible. Yeah. I, I, hope, I hope we can teach people um i know a lot of people i remind me to read you a dm i just got before oh, okay. this, before we got on our call it was really incredible um a lot of people learn a lot from their show and people get things from the show that i had no intention for them to get which is great our intention in creating it is to share um real and honest stories and um sometimes they're happy and inspiring and motivating and sometimes they're unhappy but uh, i can guarantee you they're always honest <clears throat> yeah and that's that's the thing right all we can do is uh stand witness to other people's stories exactly so i guess i'm wondering first like how did you get started um you're making a documentary right and that's where this all originated from so like just tell me a little bit about you and where this idea came from and, and how it's going for you so far well, I've been a filmmaker. Uh, I've, I've been working as a filmmaker for the past five years, six years now, but I've been making movies and videos um, ever since I was a kid. And I always loved films that felt very honest and real. And I aim to make those sort of movies. I didn't aim to make a documentary, but um, I just love the idea of sharing honest stories. Mm -hmm. So in 20, uh, late, no, actually 2019, February 2019, I um, partnered with a production company to try to create this idea where I travel around the world and interview random strangers, um, all asking them the same question, are you happy? Uh, typical Hollywood story. Um, you know, things look like they're going to happen and everything's going to be great. But, um, what ended up happening was that they didn't want to move forward with it anymore. Um, and it was kind of just left up to me what I wanted to do with it. 
So I just, uh, I really believed in the idea and I invested money I didn't have uh, to, to, you know, to do the story justice. And so I hopped in my car and what was supposed to be this big production with crew and nice cameras and all that ended up just being me in my car full of my stuff uh, and a small camera driving across the country. And Rachel, uh, as soon as I started, I started having these amazing experiences and I immediately knew that there was something, something there. Yeah, that's incredible. And there's something, I don't know, I guess to me, it almost feels more authentic this way. Exactly. You totally right? hit the on the head. That's exactly right. Yeah, it just, uh, there's something about it that just feels more um, real. It's, it's just you and a camera and another person and the story. Um, and so I guess I'm wondering, what have you learned thus far? Uh, what, what is happiness, I guess, is a big question, but uh, kind of where I want to start. Uh, great question. So what, what I've learned is that um, anybody, despite their circumstances, could find happiness. Uh, it's not a matter of acquiring something you never had. It's actually a matter of remembering who you once were um, and just be, you know, trying to connect to that person again. Um, and then as to my definition of happiness, I'd say that happiness uh, is like the, you know, the, it's happiness is like the waves of an ocean. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes you've crashed or sometimes the wave is low or you've crashed and sometimes you're really high up and you're on top of the world and everything's great. Um, and the way to navigate all of that is to recognize happiness as just the wave of an ocean and it comes and goes and it goes up and down. Um, and you have to be the cool, calm and collected surfer that's riding the waves, knowing that they'll go up and they'll go down. Uh, and eventually we will all reach the shore uh, battered and bruised, um, but we'll all be there kind of um, like, like seeing relatives at an airport uh, after you haven't seen them for a long time. Hey, <laughs> that's a great analogy. And I think that's so true. I think that uh, through most of my 20s, I've been searching for that high, right? I think of like that happiness high that you get. And um, happiness is the small moments. Happiness, it comes and goes. Um, and it will always come back again. Exactly. So will, you know, every emotion that you feel. Nothing mm -hmm. is permanent, uh, the good nor the bad. Absolutely. It's a... Uh, it's a really incredible journey, I think, too, when you're thinking about happiness and how people have these ebbs and flows and how like you're, I mean, an ocean is like the perfect analogy, really. Um, and I, how have hearing other people's stories inspired you in your life and in your happiness? Um, that's a great question because this really took off uh, around March of last year. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't for this show, Rachel, I would have a much more difficult time with COVID. Um, I would 
I would probably be amongst the majority of people that are concerned and um, worried and afraid. Not that those, not that those feelings aren't valid, but what the show has taught me is that um, even the most unhappy people, I mean, even the happiest people have had very unhappy lives and your circumstances uh, don't, don't always judge your, your mood and sometimes it shouldn't. I think there's a lot more, here, here's an easier answer. There's a lot more to be, it taught me that there's a lot more to be grateful for in our life than uh than things to be sad about and that really really helped me navigate um this scary year that we've had yeah i think it's funny that in moments of darkness it kind of forces you to see those lighter moments whereas when things are all you know okay and fine and dandy um it it makes it almost harder in those moments to be hopeful but when you're as low as you can get you're almost forced to to look for that happiness and i think that's what it's been this last year for a lot of people um has been really like okay well i feel like i've had everything taken away from me so what's left so um i guess i kind of want to talk about happiness internal external what have you learned about that I have lots of ideas about it and it's something that I struggle with in my personal life. So. Well, tell me, tell me what, uh, tell me what you think. (sighs) I think that ultimately happiness is something that you cultivate yourself. Hmm. Um, I find that I, and I think a lot of people, I don't think I'm unique in this at all. um, Really struggle with letting the external influence my levels of happiness. So, you know, one week it'll be, uh, I had a really good week at work and, you know, I had some really good guests on the podcast and, uh, you know, I had a great zoom call with my family, my boyfriend and I had a date night, whatever it might be. But then, you know, the next week it's like that high doesn't exist anymore because those external things aren't influencing me. So I guess I'm wondering how do you let go of that need for external happiness? to just kind of start cultivating it from inside because that's ultimately where it comes from like your job jobs will come and go relationships will come and go friendships will come and go all these things uh flow as going back to that ocean analogy but what does that mean you have to be your own like anchor of happiness right but how (laughs) (laughs) um well i i love the examples that you mentioned family boyfriend, date night. Um, those are the things uh, that, I don't know if you heard me, it looked like it froze for a second on my computer, but- Oh no, I got you. <laughs> um, those are the things that I believe are the longest lasting sources of happiness. Um, I think we, we feel like things might make us happy, but in reality, it's those Zoom calls, it's those date nights that, you know, if you were to bar graph happiness, a new, you know, Mercedes, if like, if this is happiness and this is time, a new Mercedes might put you all the way up here, but it'll, uh, it doesn't last as long because cars wither and break and rust. Whereas date night, 
happiness might not be as high as a fresh new car, but if you look at it on the time scale, it increases over time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think back at those times, you think back at how, how good the food tasted or the laughs that you had, or, you know, 10 years down the line, you're like, oh, how young we were and how <laughs> naive and how in love and 20 years, you're like, oh, no wrinkle, you know, happiness <laughs> over time. With those yeah, I think that's, that's a good way of looking at it. And that makes me feel better that like these moments that I have like really do build to create something. Um, yeah, it's, it's just funny how like, you know, one week, like you have something awesome lined up and then uh, like how dictated we are by what's happening around, how like, how di- how our happiness is dictated by what's happening around us in our lives outside of us. Um, and it, it kind of makes you feel out of control when the happiness is coming from these external things. I mean, you touched on something really uh, interesting just now. Um, I, th- I believe that the source of unhappiness for people all around the world is actually allowing external forces to affect their happiness. Um, I think that the wider our radius is of things we care about or focus on, then the less happy we are. So if Mm -hmm. we're, you know, basing our happiness on things that happen a thousand miles away, 5,000 miles away, all around the world, then the weight is too heavy for our shoulders to bear. Um, So we, I feel like, like you said, we feel out of control and in turn unhappy. But if we narrow in our radius, to five miles or one mile and make sure that we're okay, our family's okay, our boyfriend is okay, our home is okay, our future is okay, um, and then perhaps widen out to your neighbor, um, your neighborhood, your city. Um, the, I, I think that's a better model for happiness. Mm. Keep it small, keep the focus. I mean, there's only so much you can control, right? Exactly. It's actually, I don't think you can control anything. I don't think anything is in my control. <laughs> I think it's all just a, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but none of it's in our control. Yeah, we're all just uh, live, living in the world, I guess, and uh, hoping for the best. Um, what are you doing other than having these conversations to keep having hope this in this past year? Um, I am um, calling my family a lot. I have a niece that always makes me smile. So I, you know, try to get in calls with her. I also am one of the lucky ones and that um, my work is also my uh, passion and something I've always loved doing. Besides, are you happy? I work as a director um, for ad agencies and production companies. So even though sometimes it might feel like work. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with, uh, I'm happy that I get to do that aside from, are you happy? That's awesome. Yeah. It's, I think people always say that when you love what you do, you'll never, never work a day in your life. Uh, yeah. so At least it doesn't feel like work. Right. Yeah. It's something that you enjoy and, you know, makes you feel positive and, and happy. Yeah. Um, so I, was perusing your Instagram earlier today. Um, and I came across this video of this girl who 
uh, had just had brain surgery. Um, you, you asked, you know, are you happy? Oh yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, um, yes. And uh, yeah, she was, in, she was uh, with her friend like outside, yes. outside of a car. Uh, yes. And that really resonated with me because again, of this idea that when you're down in these like really deep moments, you have no choice, you know, when you're starting to come out of it. I, I just remember like, there was this time that I had about 10 years ago at this point, I was in my early twenties and my mom had just been diagnosed with terminal cancer. My boyfriend at the time had cheated on me and broken up with me. Um, I had like just graduated college with no sense of direction and what was next. And I felt awful. <laughs> Life wasn't great, right? But I would go outside at night and from the Midwest originally, I would go outside and I would look up at the stars and I would just cry because of how grateful I felt to be feeling those feelings mm-hmm. and how grateful I was to be alive because if I was feeling these lows, that means that I can feel the highs and that's what living is. I love that. (laughs) I guess I I wonder, uh, what is it about darkness? Like, is it like the yin and the yang? Is it this idea that if if there's dark, there has to be light? Like, I just, I, I found, I just find it so weird that in these moments of immense pain, something beautiful grows from it. Like, and it's just been bothering me. Like, why is that? And, you know, I know you've been doing this and ask people about why they're happy. And I'm just like, okay, you must know, like, tell me the answer. Um, well, I remember when I first started, like after the success of it, I would have conversations like this and people would, you know, we talk about duality between the light and the dark and how, Joy wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for pain. The sun wouldn't shine so bright if it wasn't for rain. Death got to be easy because life is hard. It'll leave you physically, mentally, and emotionally scarred. Um, but now I feel like I've uh, I've grown from that. And I'm thinking like um, the world is the way it is. And we are the ones that call things good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um in reality, we, we do not know if something is good for us or bad for us. Um, you know, sometimes time needs to pass and you realize something bad that happened was good for you in the long run and something good that happened was bad for you in the long run. So um, I, I kind of uh, use that mode of thinking to just take things as they come. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know, Rachel. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there is a living, living life is peaks and valleys. And I think that sometimes when you're kind of numbed out, like, you know, I've been on SSRIs on and off my entire life. And sometimes, you know, it helps me to feel those really highs, but sometimes I feel really flat. Mm. And I think that when you have been feeling flat 
and then you feel something like whether it's you know uh i mean not to get like too too dark or anything but that's why people cut right like it's to feel something it's to feel anything um so even pain is something and it's almost like again to go back to like a graph if there's like this graph if you can feel down here then like the mirror image would be to feel up here uh so i don't know there's something beautiful about um the uncomfortable and you need to get uncomfortable to grow and to feel comfortable uh and i guess through this conversation i'm just realizing like how much of a mirror like happiness and unhappiness really is oh yeah um and you can't have one without the other it's just interesting <laughs> I, I used to pray for good things to happen. Now I pray to just be okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want, uh, I don't want a fantastic life. Um, and I don't want a very bad life. I would be just fine, Rachel, with just an average life. I would, I would, well, actually, let me, let me explain it this way. I would give up um, very, very good to not have very, very bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just be, I just be straight down the middle. Um, that'll be just fine with me. Mm. Yeah, because uh, again, mirror image and just fine is the thing in the middle. And that really is beautiful. People say that you shouldn't settle. And I don't think you should settle. But uh, one of my favorite philosophers, Elaine de Baton, um, talks about how we should be looking for good enough and not in like a bad way. Um, so it sounds like you're kind of echoing that. Uh, and I, I love his work. Um, it's phenomenal. I would uh, rather my life go like in terms of peaks and valleys, I'd rather go like this. Uh-huh. Like yeah. Because that's not stable. You want stability. Right. Like your the things that are happening around you, the things that are happening internally, um, the things that are happening, you know, in your immediate circle. Um, yeah, nobody nobody wants the the constant up and downs. But the world is going like this. Yes, we need to be that. You know, it's like we have. Um, before COVID, relative to COVID, everything was fine. You know, people were mostly healthy, mostly going to college. Um, we were having, you know, a huge, great uh, uh, Black, uh, Black Lives Matter movement, female empowerment movement, mm -hmm. everything was good. Society was moving forward. You know, we were up and then now it's like, boom, crash. Um, and I've kind of like distanced myself from that whole equation. And I'm just like, staying right here while everything is going like that. And people call me naive for doing that. People call me out of touch. Um, and I just say, I have very weak shoulders and I cannot, I cannot carry, <laughs> I cannot you carry, can't carry the world. <laughs> so I'm okay with just me in this little apartment. Her. <laughs> um, you know, just uh, just a one bedroom. I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I love that. And you have a very nice apartment, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I 
we have to be our our own flat line when everything else is going crazy. And I mean, I think you you bring up a great point, actually, um, this idea that all these things are happening in the world around us. And I think there's so much pressure to get involved and to, you know, um, be posting on social media about all the things that are happening, which is great. And I, you know, I, I support um, progress. I support change, of course, but sometimes it can be too much. And I think that it's important to take that time for yourself to rest um, and to remember that ultimately, while you can create change and you can do the work, there is only so much that you can do um, and that you need to come first. So I love that idea that, you know, the world is up and down, up and down, and yet um, you need to be your own piece. It's very, it's very Buddhist. <laughs> uh, you know, on the topic of change and progress, um, I think it's most important, you know, to start with the man in the mirror or the woman in the mirror. Um, and I feel like if everybody put as much effort into um, calling for progress as they did to progressing themselves, mm-hmm. we, would, we would live in a better, better place. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yes, there's, there's a lot of... Uh, uh, things going on on social media and a lot of, um, I think posting on social media is, is good and important, uh, but it means nothing if you're not doing the work internally. Um, yeah, I, I love that point. Uh, and I think it's, it's really important uh, to, to focus on what you can do and um, what you can control. I guess I'm wondering, so how many people do you think that you've talked to about happiness? And where have you gone? Like, tell me about your adventures. And Okay, so I started uh, in California, drove from California to New York, and kind of hit multiple states on that drive. That was the first trip when I literally thought no one would ever see it, and I was being invited into people's homes. I was, like, making a documentary that I was like, will I, will I be the only person that sees this? Uh, it's kind of nerve-wracking. And then once I made it to New York, I met up with some old college buddies and made good on a promise I had made a while back that we would one day take a trip to India. Mm-hmm. So we took our college friend friendship trip to India. Um, we hit uh, a few different regions of India for two weeks. And I was doing Are You Happy interviews throughout all of that as well. And then from there, I went to the country of Kosovo uh, for work. So I work for an ad agency. That's actually where I am right now. Um, I work for an ad agency here. And I kind of um, let Are You Happy sit as I was like pitching it out to different people. Because in my head, I was thinking, uh, I can't do this myself. Everything I've done, the road across America, the road across India, that's all for a test and for a pitch. And, um, and while I was working in Kosovo, I was editing like trailer and teaser videos that I could pitch out to people. And then came to America or back, you know, back home. Um, didn't really have much to do. So I thought, you know, let me take a fresh look at all this footage that I've got. And let me do something for me, something that I would want to watch. So I made myself um, a little trailer, like a legitimate 
like trailer documentary, uh, documentary trailer. And I saw it in a whole new light. And I just started posting the best bits that I had gotten um, within two weeks. I'm not, not within two weeks, within two days of posting it. We had almost a million views on all those videos. And I was like, okay, this is, this is what I'm going to be doing. Mm-hmm. And then was since the universe then, telling you you were doing the right thing. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Um, and that's actually a perfect time for me to read this DM that I got. Oh, awesome. Yes. Um, there we go. This was on Instagram, literally just before we got on the phone. Um, all right. So this person says, hey, I just wanted to say thank you for what you are doing. What you have set out to do is truly awesome. Ever since I found this page, I've been obsessed with these videos. I cannot stop watching them over and over again. These videos have been a huge part of my day, and I find myself constantly going to your page when I'm in need of a good pick-me-up. It's amazing to see this world is filled with so many good people and kind souls. This world needs more of what you are doing. There's so much hate and darkness going on, and the love and light you are casting on this planet is one of the many reasons a lot of people are able to smile. Keep doing what you are doing, and thank you from the deepest part of me. I hope you are doing well in these crazy times and staying safe. That is so lovely. Yeah. And that must, I mean, how does that feel? Um, It feels like I have very little to do with it personally. Um, But you're the the catalyst, right? Well, am I the catalyst? I'm let's go into philosophy, you know, who pushes (laughs) the wheel? Am I the catalyst? I don't know. I thought this was going to be with another company. Mm-hmm. I thought I was just going to be in the background as a director, a person who made mm-hmm. it. Somebody else would um, reap the benefits. And then when I lost that funding, I thought it was all over. Um, and then when I set across the country, I, w- I thought that I would just be doing a test um, to pitch to people. And and nothing that I thought would happen happened. But what actually did happen was a part of a larger plan I was not aware of and I could not have imagined. Um, so I don't think I'm the catalyst. I think I am the surveyor of these stories. I just go out and interview people and then it has this amazing impact around the world and I'm just, I'm just happy to serve. Yeah, that's a... Uh, that's, uh kind of what I'm trying to do too. And I think it's, it's an amazing thing, standing witness to people's stories. Um, we don't do it enough. And uh, there's, there's a need for it. People have these stories that they don't even know they want to be heard. Um, I guess what are, what are like, you know, like a couple of the most memorable interactions that you've had? Um, one of the first interactions that I had was out in Utah. It was like the first was no it's probably like second or third person I interviewed met him out in the deserts of Utah and he invited me into his home uh because he felt that he wanted to sit down with me and talk about his happiness had a long life experience and felt that he needed to share it in a in a more private setting uh and that was insane and I learned a lot 
and that was actually our first big video. So it was kind of like a double whammy in its impact on me. Um, the other um, crazy experience I had was out in India where I walked up to this girl to interview her and she said no, she wasn't happy because she had just ran away from her home. Um, and that was very interesting when I, when I did the interview. Then when I posted it online, there were millions of people who wanted to learn more about her. Mm -hmm. uh, but I had no way to contact her like an idiot. I didn't get any contact information. So I used the power of the internet to find her. And that yep. was a whole journey. Um, wow. It was, it was amazing. Is she happy now? Uh, she is happy. Um, she had a much deeper story than I, I knew of when I first met her. Um, and I think all of the people, all the millions of people that were in were that part, part of that journey with me, uh, the journey was was titled fi hashtag find this or hashtag free the sunrise girl, um, and it was it was huge for a little bit of time, and I think at the end of it we were all just happy that she was safe and with family, uh, and looked to be looked to be okay. That's incredible. I love I love that creating change, standing witness, and for her probably knowing that so many people cared about her and her story and her well-being uh, was probably a game changer yeah so that's that's, that's really awesome uh i guess so this podcast is a <laughs> sex relationship dating podcast oh, oh. yeah okay, let's talk about sex <laughs> uh, uh but you know what through all of that I've realized, and hey, if you, if you want to go there, we can go there. Uh, but the biggest thing that I've realized uh, in the, I think I've recorded, I've, I've been doing this since August, 2020. And the biggest thing that I've realized is how important self-love and confidence within yourself comes from that. Um, how your relationships, your friendships, your interactions with anybody um, are only going to get stronger if you can develop that sense of self-love. And so that's why, you know, I wanted to have you on is because I feel like you have this um, brand sounds inauthentic, but you have this presence, uh, which is all about happiness and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the happiness comes from, again, like we talked about within that love of self that, uh, ability to connect with who you are and love even the parts of yourself that you don't want to. So I guess I kind of want to hear more about like how you think that confidence and self-love plays into happiness and how it can play into to keep it, you know, tied to like sex and relationships, how it can play into better relationships with others. Uh, I think that's a very interesting topic. Um, something I've learned recently is that we are all very, very beautiful. Um, and I had no idea how much um, image of beauty affected my perception of it. Um, but in, in reality, every one of us is extremely beautiful. Um, the way I realized that is, um, well, actually, let me put it this way. If you've ever seen somebody in a, uh, you know, recovering from a horrible accident, um, 
you even years after their their recovery you will see certain details about them that um that weren't um you know although they've healed although they've had reconstructive surgery there are some things that cannot be remade uh, i think mm. we're born very perfect and very beautiful uh and so i say all of that because you you asked about confidence and self-love i think if you're listening to this and you are not confident because of the way you look uh, i can assure you that you are just the way you're supposed to be um, and you are a perfect creation um, and even even if you did get into a you know bad accident of course you are you are beautiful you are perfect you are amazing and i i feel that i am uh confident but only because i i have been insecure for a lot of my life and i think that i i really did not like that part of me so i fought it with what one would call a, a self lie where I told myself, I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, you are great. You are perfect. You are beautiful. Look at you. And now, Rachel, every time I look at myself in the mirror, I say, wow, you are incredible. <laughs> you are incredible. <laughs> and I actually believe it. I actually believe it. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and that's so funny that you say that. Um, <laughs> when uh, my, back in college, when like my girlfriends and I would get super drunk, you know, inevitably one of us would end up crying in the bathroom or, or something, uh, just ha- how it happens. Um, and I would be that friend that would hype people up, right? And I, I would say to them, listen, you are beautiful. And here's what I want you to do for the rest of the week. When you wake up first thing in the morning, I want you to look in the mirror and find three things that you like about yourself. It can be the same thing. It can be the the uh, beauty mark by your eye. I don't care what it is. Just find it and really focus on it. It it works. And um, and I I do it all the time. Now now it's not even the thing I have to tell myself to do. I can't walk past a mirror without being like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah, it's a it's a skill, right? And it's something that you you have to, to work on and we're always working on it, I think, uh, and developing that confidence and, and that love of self and, and loving who we are right now, even if we're not perfect. Right. Of course. So, yeah. I think that's really incredible. Well, I don't want to keep you for too long, but um, yeah, I guess uh, my last question is, are you happy and why or why not? I am <laughs> um, very happy, Rachel. I'm very happy. Um, work is good family is good my loved ones are just a phone call away and that is a lot so i'm grateful that's amazing well thank you so much for chatting with me today uh i was so pleased when you responded to my dm i was like oh my gosh it's like i felt like a a fangirl uh I, i love your page i love what you do and uh my listeners if they do not already know who you are um I encourage them to go follow you. Uh, where can they find you? Uh, are you happy across all social media? Where are you happy official on Instagram? 
Are You Happy on TikTok? Are You Happy uh, podcast? Um, yeah, are you happy? Awesome. Uh, but Rachel, don't think you're getting away uh, scot-free here. Um, <laughs> are you happy? I knew you were going to ask me this. <laughs> and uh, honestly and genuinely, I think I can say yes. Um, I have a lot of my, my 2021 resolution was movement and uh, in a lot of areas of my life in the area of my podcast. Um, you know, I'm physically going to be moving apartments soon. Um, I have, after a lot of really shitty relationships, I'm in the most beautiful relationship uh, that I could ever hope for. Um, after having, you know, friendships that have been sour my entire life, I, I have this group of people that I'm able to be completely unabashedly myself with in all of my really weird glory. Um, and I, having these types of conversations um, are the highlight of my day and I'm doing it. You know, there of course are things that I wish are a little bit different. My day job is pretty much the big thorn in my side at the current moment. But overall, when I look at my life and I look at the small things, yeah, I'm, I'm happy as hell. That's awesome. Rachel, this um, was one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done. This is a lot oh, of thank you so much. I cannot stress enough how appreciative I am that you are supporting us on Patreon. That is huge. Yes. Yes. It, it's how the project stays alive. And listeners, please uh, do that as well. Well, thank you so much. And uh, everybody, this has been Wine Dine 69. I am your host, Rachel Bolton, and let's keep talking. Thank you.